Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. GSOH. Good sense of humor. New podcast by Nico. T- by Nico to. T- by Nico Tarovich, where he sh- tries with. talks to people. With talks to people with a good sense of humour, GSOH. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode, I don't know, what is it, 23? I think it's 23. Or was Mona 23? I don't know. Oh, anyway, either way, welcome to episode of GSOH, good sense of humour, with me, Nico Dutarovic. Welcome to uh just me today had a couple of uh potential guests in the week didn't get my shit together was too busy so i just thought i'd wait until i had a little bit of time and have a little catch up with you all how are you let's sit down have a cup of tea yeah so it's that it's kind of that weird i feel i don't know if anyone else feels this i still feel like i've got a sort of new year I don't know yet, sort of, I don't know, I just don't know yet, hangover, you know, you don't feel that at any other point in the year, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be feeling it on, let's, let's just give you some examples, you wouldn't feel that on April the 9th, would you, (laughs) you wouldn't feel that on October the 30th, because you'd know that tomorrow is going to be Halloween, but on January, January, I call it January, because I'm genuinely depressed <laughs> at this time of year. So I like to call it January. But I generally, genuinely don't know what to do with myself because it's dark. It's weird. It's it's not even, I can't even complain that it's cold, actually. It's quite sunny and pleasant. And that should be good. Only that's freaking me out a bit. Like on New Year's Eve, there was a wasp on a lamp outside my house, right? The outdoor light. And even though I was going, hey, it's New Year, it was like, hey, it's environmental Armageddon, it's climate chaos, we're all going to die, it's a fucking New Year's night wasp. So that, um, something as small as that could 
as you can see, completely ruin my mood for several weeks. No, it is that time of year where uh, it's all kind of like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Oh, you'll all see. You'll see. You know, you can just get me new rhythm going and then I'll be doing that and I'll be better at this and I'll be better at that and whatever. And it's two weeks in and I'm already sort of just sort of going, I just feel like I'm just fucking floating through space, quite honestly. Like I'm just, maybe we're all feeling like that anyway because we have been in the weird COVID slash semi-lockdown-y everyone try and be careful like that's definitely been having an effect but in my head the everything starts again in uh march or as michael kane says in his autobiography when the daffodils are up so i i agree with him <clears throat> i don't think i've ever agreed with a sentence more in any book than michael kane which i've probably said before but I'm reserve the right to repeat myself because I'm senile at the moment, is Michael Caine, what he does, is him and his wife and a, and a family, they have, they have Christmas dinner, we wash the dishes, and then we bugger off on Boxing Day to Miami, and we don't come home until the daffodils are up. Now, oh God, I'm so... I'm intrigued with that idea. I've not done it yet. I haven't had the money to do it, and also we've had covid I'd like to think that I am now approaching a time in my life where it is okay for me to chip off when it's fucking cold and just go and be somewhere where it's nicer. Like, spend part of your year away, like, you know, in the dream, in the dream, because obviously it's not like I have a real plan for this yet. In the dream, that would involve warm climates and taking the old guitar and gear with me to do Stupid Hearts Club and, like, sing in bars and travel a bit and kind of just be somewhere else for a, you know, almost like people used to do the summer season, like entertainers, but do like winter elsewhere, bugger off Australia, South America, fucking just, you know what I mean? Just like change it up. It feels, that feels like a very intriguing future possibility. Uh, and I haven't started it yet, but I am, I am, trying to foister foster build trying to trying to um ease in Ooh, trying to thumb in Ooh, a new attitude where i can really look forward to happy future things by just yeah kind of like imagining what would be lovely life and lifestyle to live and part of that which is something that i uh wanted to share with you is that like because I move around a lot I've moved around loads of times in my life I have had so far I think we're on 33 f houses in my lifetime addresses 33 front doors that's what I'm up to and I've got the I'm on the nip again like a bit of me wants to move from the mystery village where there's obviously not a lot of choice here and not a lot to do, and winter is quite harsh and lonely here. I've kind of had a bit of a boner for Brighton for a while, and I would love to end up down there, and I think I will end up down there. I'm almost certain I'm going to end up there um, in the not-too-distant future, 
I, I thought that I was ready to kind of really look into it, make the move. But it turns out like I'm, there's bits of me still freaking out. And one of the bits that's freaking out is the one that's now got used to 10 years in a small town and now two years in a tiny village. And suddenly, weirdly, I am feeling a little bit like the quiet life part of living here. The Yoda in his little house part of it is something I quite like to retain. I wasn't expecting to be feeling that. So I am going to take longer to get to know the South Coast because what would be good would be to end up living while retaining that feeling but still having access to all the the flesh pots and the flashing lights and the the sparkles and the glitter of Brighton. I think you know what I'm saying. No, you know, um, I like life and busy places and lots of pubs and bars and places to eat and have fish and chips on the beach and all that. But yeah, to, to my surprise, I went down there on a little recce and I actually find myself being really glad to be home. So where that's leading me to, that I'm warbling about is, I think, I mean, I already the the hint was already in there that my dream is to end up having like the dream, dream, dream is an airstream caravan, all mod cons, cool as fuck, as a as a travelling residence, um, as well as still owning a little place, but to be able to bugger off and just rock up somewhere and go, oh, I'll be here for a few weeks you know, or a few days and move on and just jib about doing music and still podcasting and writing, you know, from wherever you are. That feels like a really romantic idea that a few years back wouldn't have felt like my kind of thing. But it's it's uh, it's calling me. There's a hankering. There is a hankering going on deep down in the soul that's saying... And then, yeah, sort of. I've sort of come to this thought... And may, this may change in, a, in another couple of weeks at the moment. I am not mentally reliable, but this is where I am this week, is that uh, instead of the hassle of moving and completely relocating to a new city, it's like, why don't I develop a lifestyle whereby I retain my little affordable little baby cottage, but I regularly bugger off to other parts of the country in in a what I'm imagining ending up being internally quite a luxurious caravan situation. Different ways of doing that. Airstream caravan's the dream, without a doubt, but even buying an old knackered Airstream, that's going to cost a good few grand before you start spending money on kitting it out on the inside. I'm wondering if they're, uh, the point, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is I could buy a kind of quite cutesy old kind of almost 60s or 70s caravan that isn't going to cost much money and then invest in upcycling if you like and refurbishing that all to be part of the world of stupid hearts club and all kind of retro and kind of um shall we say food festival friendly as a as a bookable kind of backdrop thing for music and entertainment and podcasting and like make it kind of like almost like a working, travelling, little entertainment business model come home. What am I on about?
You know what I mean, though? And then the fact that I can always come home to my little place, which is has been hard won and is sustainable, instead of buggering off somewhere and then living somewhere expensive. And yeah, it's just something I'm playing with. Has anybody else out there been, um, you know, is anyone else in the mindset of wanting to shake things up? Has anyone out there already done that sort of thing and gone, yep, I used to have this and I used to, like, I, I'll tell you where the idea originally came from is that there's, a, there's there is a series on Netflix, um, like buried, hidden away, called How to Live Mortgage Free. Now, when I was skint and very stressed about money, I watched this series and it shows all kinds of different people who had a little creative rethink around how they lived. Now, obviously, all of them ended up downsizing into various incarnations of the kind of things that you see on, like, George What's It's Amazing Spaces, right? So someone bought, like, a little tin church. Other people did the kind of canal barge thing, but they got a little bit of land next to it and they had a little hut and, you know, like, people just found alternative ways of living cheap, like doing up, like, an old-school bus as, like, you know, that kind of romantic, almost, like, full-time caravan-type living in different types of spaces. Now, totally appealed to me. It felt romantic. It looks amazing to not have that money. It looks like a kind of, what's the word, almost like a more pastoral, um, organic weird word but you know what I mean like kind of like just a kind of very humble living now I'm not gonna lie I am a bit of a princess I at least need to be spending some time where I've got a proper bathroom nice comfy bed bath cozy place to watch the telly all that I know I wouldn't get on full-time in a sort of living in a van or something like that you know but has anyone out there done anything like that has anyone taken on a little refurb job has anyone got any experience or advice about sourcing a caravan, how much you might need to spend? Like, I am rubbish at DIY, but my idea is kind of getting a project person to do it, but making myself available to be helping with the labour. Like, t- you know, like, almost like, I'm an idiot, tell me what to do, right, I've got to saw all these bits of wood or I've got to like sand this down while you do that and blah blah like I want to do it alongside someone and actually maybe learn some skills while I do it wouldn't that be nice and it also could be a really nice bonding thing for my me and my boy who are in need of a new phase as he's now 13 years old and sort of can't be asked with his parents already um me and him need I think it'd be a really cool thing for us to work on and see the progress of this little sort of car- my little dream caravan project come to fruition and then be a thing that we are excited about and we can't wait to get on the road and go and have little adventures together. So as a as a sort of um as an early year pipe dream it feels really it feels really nice but it'll be interesting to see whether whether I maintain it or whether it's just me in the in the January bullshit blues. Who knows? Talking of uh, sort of winter January blues, it's always good. I think it's always good to uh, 
check in on uh, or just mention or say some stuff out loud on the subject of uh, mental health um, for everyone, but particularly for blokes who tend to be, in my experience so far of doing this podcast, it is it is men who will send a message saying, hey man, thanks for talking about that. I was trying to not think about that and avoiding that and you've made me realise that I should and uh, and then are doing or taking various steps to start at least thinking about what is uh, their mental health and what changes they could be making and, you know, looking into talking to, whether it's talking to doctors or finding out about meds or whether it's uh, starting to be aware of different types of therapy, all the rest of it, I think it's a duty for for anyone who is, um, if you like, mental health aware or literate, uh, I think it is a duty in in the world to to be vocal about it, so that more and more people are comfortable going there and are less and less likely to feel like it's something they don't have to ever think about, because that can be the route to going too far into into negativity and problems that end up swallowing you whole in ways that are not fun um over the christmas and new year break i'm not gonna lie well actually it's been going on for a while i have had some serious challenges in the last uh you know always at some point there's always summit happening and i've you know got like some long worn kind of stuff going on that i'm that i've that i've processed and that i have uh, done lots of work on but but obviously life throws different shit at you at different times and there are there can be times where you 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 know you can be really struggling generally but also can there can just be times where there's stuff happening that almost means that you are in a state of mind it's almost like you are you've got your guard up you're just taking punches and you've just got your guard up and at a time like that the idea of trying to sort of look after other bits of your life and be doing okay, I think you can forget. Like, you are not in any state to do that. And this isn't. This actually um, links into what I've just been talking about with the old little dreams about moving here, there, and everywhere. Basically, one example, one good example of what is a benefit of me looking into mental health, being pro therapy, you know, getting literate in that universe. Well, here's the thing. So I've still been having a shit time, but I've now got the awareness to know that I am not my thoughts. I am not my negative thoughts. I am not my problems. They do not define me. They are not necessarily, you know, the the perception that I'll be having when I'm having a rubbish time. I've now been round the mill with good information enough times around, not the mill, around, why am I in a mill all of a sudden? Um, I've been around the block enough times with those problems to now go, oh, ah, look at look what's happening here is your brain is feeling like shit, and you're trying to you're trying to plan an escape out of it really quickly, and you're starting to uh, put yourself in danger of making some decisions that might not be that smart, and then like almost like a little grabber, you can pull yourself out of that and go, you probably need to just chill out a little bit here, and take your time this is not the month to be making major decisions especially ones that cost money or that involve hassle just chill out and what i'm doing there when i when i do that is i'm almost and i say almost i will literally talk to myself 
with the sort of voice of a white, the wise parent, mature, calm, Obi-Wan Kenobi version of myself, that helps calm down the kind of, uh, you know, not, not to make myself sound too fucking weird, but, but this is serious. Like these are, these are, um, these are really good ways to, to think is like the vulnerable bit of you, especially if it, if, if, if certain behaviors are linked back to early patterns and stuff like that, you know, it's almost like your inner child, you know, your inner child or indeed, uh, in, you know, depending on what kind of books you're reading, your inner chimp and all that, this kind of like core, very basic primal bit of you will be trying to take over fight or flight and all that will be trying to take over and make decisions for you. And believe me, it is a good place to get to. Problems are inevitable. Ups and downs are inevitable. Occasional mental health wobbles are inevitable. But wisdom and techniques and tools, they they remain on your tool belt forever, right? So, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I'm happy to be a working example, a work in progress out loud about um, gaining awareness to know that you and your mental health and your inner voices are, are all different entities and that, um, you know, do some learning about it. If I was going to recommend anyone thing at the moment which i think is a really thought-provoking and gentle way into um uh these kind of issues i'm not uh condoning it to solve anyone's problems but there is an instagram account by a lady called nicole de Pera who calls herself the holistic psychologist you will also find her explaining her whole vibe via a podcast series which i think accompanies her book which I am completely in no way affiliated to which is called how to do the work now the work it's an interesting phrase the work effectively sort of means everyone's got issues we've all got stuff we haven't really ever figured out the work you know is like you could another way of doing the work for example is like years ago I did uh years of like psychodynamic type therapy uh I don't necessarily need to do any more of that at the moment. Might go back to it at some point. I've done that in bouts two or three times for various reasons where I'm figuring out my patterns and all that stuff that goes way back, you know. Um, but so, so like doing the work basically means it's a little bit deeper than just sort of like, say like someone was to say, you maybe you need some CBT. That wouldn't be necessarily doing the work. That would be giving you some tools to stop you with some kind of like... Um, current stuff it's like i was having a chat with my mate and a walk the other day we, and we were we were making a comparison to how like if you're like a house like sometimes a house needs foundational work doing to it to stop subsidence and stuff that's different from if there's a hole in the roof right so like you can mentally have different things going on at different levels that might require different types of intervention and that can be quite confusing if you've never done any of it. So my point would be doing the work is almost like doing a degree in yourself so that you will be self-aware in different ways of your own behaviours and patterns and tendencies and all that. Whereas uh, 
if you say have lost a job and you're really down about it or you've just broken up with someone or you 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 have been having recent trauma or yeah because like you know i i've been suffering with um just a fucking like inability to sort of like stop a certain situation replaying in my head so i've that in that case i've phoned a doctor and say that's happening and then they go right we'll we'll put you in front of someone that deals with that now that's completely separate to me doing a degree in who the hell am i right see what i mean so whoever you are whatever you're up to this is a time that we're actually right in the period of the year that's hardest for a lot of people never ever ever be afraid don't even think twice if you feel like shit reach out i can't i can't really give you any more advice than that i will continuously bang this drum and i really appreciate the people out there who say that they appreciate that kind of chat so we're all in it together um on a sort of slightly different housekeeping type uh level um i want to say that um it is absolutely a great pleasure and joy part of the gsoh journey for me is that every week someone somewhere who I've not maybe had a conversation with before or don't know who they are they might send me a uh instagram message you know and we might not be friends so it's like a, you know like a, a hidden request or whatever you call it in message request and it is more often than not just someone saying they like the show and um maybe saying which bit they like or what element of it they like or the, which guest that they have been has been making them laugh and that it helps them you know in whatever way in their week you know and i feel exactly the same about about it myself but i also feel the same about it listening to other certain other podcasts it's just like i guess like the, in the old days you say that radio was company right i think podcast has taken that to another level and it's slightly more intimate and especially on a small audience patreon level like this so i want i want people to know that i love it when that happens but i but i also um hope it's okay for me to say that i am learning as i go along that there has to be some boundaries a little bit there that are not uh, immediately obvious um um and so um, there's been occasions where maybe I've someone I've absolutely no idea who it is has somehow got hold of my phone number and texted me. Uh, I've sort of like not really quite known how to how I sit with that, or I might have done someone a favour and jokily done a video message or whatever. And uh, I'm I'm learning as I go along that I've got to be careful. I don't actually. I'm not even saying I know necessarily where the boundaries are, but I just I'm just kind of saying out loud. Please never feel that you're not allowed to send me a message or whatever of of support, or or like you know if I've mentioned something that's like, hey, does anyone know whatever or you know, totally love hearing from people, but please forgive me if, uh, if, you know, I re- sort of reserve the right to kind of not want to get too into certain things with 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 people um um you know like we all have our ways of communicating and all i can say is while on the on like if it was me on on the side of a podcast like as a podcast listener it's worth remembering that 
there's loads of you and there's only one of me. So if, if um, people are sending me messages sort of kind of asking for things, I could end up kind of a little bit inundated with uh, what seem like little asks, but sort of could soon add up. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm flailing around trying to explain this, but I hope it's making sense. Like I, it like, honestly, I cannot stress enough how much I love this little community and I intend fully intend to keep trying to look after you as an audience and uh, for us to go uh, on a journey uh, continue on a journey where I end up with a slightly bigger audience I don't particularly want a massive audience it's, it's, a, it's really this is a really interesting thing that you you guys have given me in in giving me a small appreciative loyal audience you've really made me seriously rethink my whole approach to what kind of creativity I want to get involved in, in going forward. And my instincts are telling me that uh, if I could if I could find a way of making my writing, sort of comedy video stuff, music, all of it, if I could if I could find a way of making that into a sustainable thing for this kind of a community, I swear to God I would really be a lot happier than than one can end up by trying to catch the attention of bigger platforms like TV channels and all the rest of it. It's kind of really genuinely very intriguing and that all that chat earlier on about getting a caravan and that being kind of branded up with Stupid Hearts Club, which is my music name, or GSOH and being kind of a travelling content machine it's all very, very intriguing, and I owe that 100% to everybody who supports me on Patreon. And uh, I know sometimes I'm sort of delivering what I'm, what my offer is to you, and sometimes I'm delivering it by the skin of my teeth at the moment, whether whether it's because of you know getting hold of a guest last minute or whatever. But also, and I can't be, I can't make excuses because it's my responsibility when there is ups and downs you know sometimes it's not easy to get the uh vibe going for a fun and funny chat uh but i i absolutely am always doing my best and i am excited there's there's some good people lining up for the next few weeks so i hope you are still enjoying it and and then we all carry on cracking on together i love you guys i'm gonna have a wee wee break for that okay i am back bat ba bat 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 ba bat bat from having a poo and a wee right where are we right what have we talked about we've talked we've talked about mental health we've talked about caravans we've talked about the beginning of the year we've talked about boundaries we've talked about uh a bit of brighton chat what have we not talked about we haven't talked about vegan, vegan shawarma, vegan. I don't want drama. Vegan, vegan shawarma, vegan, vegan. I'm dipping my toe in. Vegan. I'm not fully going. Vegan, 
it's vegan shawarma vegan yeah no biggie i've just um bought some of that vivera um vegan shawarma stuff and i cannot recommend it highly enough hey that sounds like you're advertising well i'm not hey tell you what if vivera want to sponsor me and send me some free food and make me turn me into i'll just like whore myself and mention their vegan vegan shawarma um i'll do it because it is at this point my favorite vegan product that i've tried i'd like to t as i've just explained i like to dip my toe in i'm not going to become a vegan not going to happen but i do like to have a little sniff into the vegan fridge bit in the supermarket and challenge myself to try some of the stuff some of the the burgers i've had they're all right everyone goes on beyond meat yeah it's pretty good does the job and and some of the sausages are all right as well but without a doubt if you've never tried any vegan products and you don't believe me you have to you have to do it properly right buy decent like wraps or like um what do you call it like pitters you know fucking um flatbreads buy some flatbreads make sure you've got some nice accoutrements you know what you get in a kebab bit chili sauce salad bit of onion you know i like to put a bit of kimchi shredded beetroot yogurt chili maybe even some hummus and i tell you now i am not even not exaggerating you get that shit wrapped up. The Vivera, what it is, this Vivera is like a brand of vegan stuff. And they've got these like boxes of shredded, one's shawarma and one's like Greek kebab. Like, well, I don't know what the difference is supposed to be between those two things. But uh, it's the best thing I have ate that's supposed to be not meat. It just does the job of feeling like the texture and having the spicy cumin taste. So once again, I'm not being sponsored. I'm just saying... Vegan, vegan shawarma, vegan. I don't want drama, vegan. I'm only gonna try it, vegan. You only have to fry it. So again, not preaching, not trying to tell anyone what to do. I'm simply relaying my experience of vegan products as, uh, take me as I am, come as you are. All comers welcome. Now, what else? Now, if you write for a living or if you do creative stuff for a living and the reality is that over the period of each year there's certain times when you are just churning out what work is required of you on a on an ongoing job you are not in the part of the cycle where you are going to look out across a hillock and have a wordsworth moment and then create pure art you have to then in between kind of just getting jobs done, you have to kind of like forget it and live a little and read and just sort of absorb things until something excites you again and then you start getting all excited and wanting to be creative again. Now, the thing that has been doing that for me is uh, a book called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. A Swim in a Pond in the Rain by a guy called George Saunders. Now, George Saunders, 
has written lots of stuff, and I'm going to have to uh, make sure that I read more of his stuff. But he has stayed with me as a constant source. Whenever I need to go back to trying to find, like, what do you want to write? How do you want to write? Who's, you know, who's who's a great writer? You think I'm nothing until I, you know, at least try to, you know, reach reach those sort of uh, levels. George Saunders uh, wrote a short story collection called Pastoralia many years ago. I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? can't remember. Um, but he is also... A, he's, he's basically written a bunch of short story collections and I think a couple of novels. I'll have to, you know, have to check in on that. He also does a newsletter on a thing called Substack which I don't know whether it, I've not done that. That feels, that's a scary technology word. I'm not going to even touch the link. But he does a newsletter for um, people that want to write because he is actually also a uh, creative writing tutor at some fancy pants American college. But, um, you know, not everyone can go to, uh, you know, fancy pants American colleges to learn creative writing and so he's very generously written a book called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain and the way that book works and I think I've probably mentioned it on another podcast but I've been dipping back into it and finding it a really really inspiring it's a really lovely and so basically um the book is made up of uh well, he there, there are several uh, classic short stories by great R- Russian writers like Tolstoy and Chekhov, people like that, right? He says, basically just forgetting who the other ones are. Um, but um, you read a story, and then over the next chapter, he basically explains to you what's amazing about the story you just read and how it could easily have not been amazing and how and what the job of a writer is, and then he'll he'll go into other para, uh, ch- chapters, uh, kind of uh, ex, you know explaining what the job is, which is just to carry on making it interesting enough that someone keeps reading. You know, it sounds obvious, but it's easy just to waffle like I'm doing now. <laughs> but um, his short stories are incredible. His love and his enthusiasm and passion for great R- Russian literature is is excellent and also serves as a brilliant introduction into something that might otherwise be quite daunting nothing would make me go in a nothing would have made me go in a bookshop before and say yeah i'm looking for some chekhov or some tolstoy because i would have thought i'm that might be uh not that I couldn't read it and understand it, but just sort of read them and understand them. Read them and understand them. Jackie Weaver, bit of banter there for Jackie Weaver. Read them and understand them. But that that's not what's stopping me, if you like. But it is great when you come to something and on, on a more kind of uh, relaxed populist type level and then you find out that the guy behind it is all inspired and he presents these uh, classic bits of literature to you in a way that uh, disarms them, if you like. It's a weird way of putting it, isn't it? Disarms them. But but I think there's a sort of truth to it because um, the towering achievements of the best, you know, literature ever is is uh, not, you know, not, not everyone sits down 
thinking, yeah, well, that's what they're trying to achieve. But uh, it's easy to forget that the uh, the lessons within the best work are are there to be learnt by anyone at any level wanting to try and crack on and uh, learn something like writing. And, uh, you know, obviously there is a certain amount of... Uh, what's the word? I don't want to use the word talent, but there's an innate sort of a innate thing in a lot of writers that I'm friends with and that I know that they have a, a sense of what they want to explore and they have their own personality and their own take and their own humour and their own cheekiness um, that, you know, obviously if someone's literally not got any of that going on, then maybe their writing will struggle to have a voice. But what's interesting is learn learning from people like George Saunders enables you to realize that maybe your voice that you've actually got somewhere in you already is has got has got potential value if you also learn some basic stuff and um make peace with uh some some advice about the uh the task ahead if you were to try and start writing effectively and this is an old cliche in writing but it happens to be true is that revisions and rewriting are are kind of it like it it tends to be the case whether it's a script a manuscript short stories essays whatever that you should allow the first lot that comes out almost we we actually tend to call it uh, the vomit pass like the first pass of your script just get everything out like just let it all come out and then you will read it back and start to realize that probably 50% of it needn't be there or isn't good enough or is only hinting at something and needs to be further kind of whittled down or changed and all that so it was it was really interesting um I've been, you know, I started reading his book ages ago, but I've been in a bit of a funk and uh, been busy with other stuff. But I am now in that part of the uh, creative lunar cycle where I am desperate to be inspired again so that I might come up with a new project and try and do some real, what I would call real writing. And I don't feel like I've ever done any real writing other than some bits and pieces that I've written personally that I've kind of never shared with anyone. But I'm now starting to think, linking back to what I was saying before about how I would rather find an audience and keep them happy and uh, rather than just only think about things, trying to get commissions and stuff. It could be quite an interesting thing to add to my routine is to try out some short story writing effectively is something that's in my mind that I write and then narrate and put and use as content here i think that is something that i am going to try and do i'm at least going to experiment with it in the next few months and george saunders and his book a swim in the pond in the rain is a big part of why that might happen i also then uh, I'd, I'd caught i'd caught wind of um um the great joan didion passing away in the last few weeks and i'd heard her name many times and had absolutely no idea who she was and what she was famous for and um i have got a whole bunch of homework to do on that but what i did do is the lazy thing and i watched the netflix thing about her and that does a pretty good job for a for a tv thing of uh giving you 
a sense of a person and a few examples of her writing that really, you know, kind of got the old, uh, you know, it just sort of like fires up a little, the little wood burner in your soul to, to want to actually sit and write and say something. Um, that would be my problem with, uh, you know, I've, I've done some bits and pieces that I've been proud of over the years. The only time I've ever done any writing where I feel like I was writing like a writer was when we did the series Krakenori for Dave. Uh, and although that was, uh, in the end, kind of like the methods by which that was put together ended up being a little bit more by numbers and being a bit televisionified. Uh, the task of trying to, of going away and trying to think of self-contained little short stories with a, a little beginning, a little journey, and an end, it was deeply pleasurable. And they're out there somewhere, actually. I, th I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Krakenori, some of the Krakenori stories, including my own, are on Audible, or like you know somewhere where there's audio books. Like they, they totally, they did, they did. Um, they did, you know, like they did the audio of the TV show, and that got released. So that was that was quite cute. I must have a. I'll try and track them down and then have a listen because it it might be quite a good context. I'm just thinking aloud, being selfish here, it might be quite a good context for me to go and find some short stories I've done that have been read out, and then try and kind of do that format again, but with me reading it out. You know, like write some new stories. That would be really fun and. Uh, you know, a lot of writers, and George Saunders is a, a fantastic and well-rewarded writer, an award-winning writer, but he still, like, he, he does teaching as well. Like, I think he does it, if I'm not mistaken, two or three times a week or something like that, um, divides his life. So, you know, that's 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 part of the reality of, of, of writing, unless you're hugely rich and successful, is that a lot of people who write... You know, they write despite the fact that writing on its own might not sustain their living, you know. Anyway, thinking aloud, if anyone out there is uh, interested in writing and learning to write and all that, and uh, there is uh, a feeling of it just being something that you dare not even say to yourself you might be capable of doing, the first the first thing I would say is uh, the, the, the things that you secretly want to write, you should just get in there and just like let them come out and not expect too much of them at the beginning you know like it is a really long journey there's a lot of information out there a lot of good uh, articles and stuff if you want if you google george saunders and just click news on um oh i can just fucking drop the link can't i anyway george saunders in was interviewed in the guardian on saturday the 8th of uh, january uh, and it his his interview is like, always wanted to write book a winner George Saunders on how to get started F fantastic article go and find it I'll I'll drop it in the uh, notes here as well so yeah uh, just a, a little bit of a share with you there really that uh, now and again you come back around this the cycle again and. I feel like a new person wanting to be inspired and trying to find the bravery and the energy to sit down and have a go at something uh, like, will it be any good? Is it? Does anyone want to hear that? You know, you get all that. So yeah, great. Um, beginning of the year, new ventures. Let me pledge right here to write 
at least one short story in the next month, which I will then read out and use and, and drop as a self-contained piece of content. And if that works and you like it, I'll keep doing it. And then if that builds, then what I might do is turn that into a potential second tier. And it might be something that I sort of figure out a way of promoting that. I don't know. Thinking aloud. We'll see. See what you think. I think it'd be really fun. Separate from the podcast. But still in, in here. Woo! Um, what else can I tell you? A little update on, you know, my kind of little master plan of doing, going out and doing, uh, basically singing in pubs and stuff. Started sending some emails out trying to get some gigs. Uh, but because I've learned lots of new songs recently and I've made some new backing tracks and whatever, I decided to... The idea was I New Year's Eve, I was in, didn't want to go out, I was in on my own. I uh, The idea was film a set, like a two-hour set or an hour and a half or whatever, and then put it up as like a long video of like a gig, like people did lockdown gigs. But uh, I got into a weird hole with the... Uh, with the tech and even though I actually did do it and I I did video it and set up a nice little setup and had soft lighting and all the rest of it uh, I got into all sorts of trouble with how big the footage is and how whatever how you know just boring fucking me being rubbish at tech so I'm working on doing a load of a whole new load of uh, new little videos mainly of covers I might say I might add uh, that I will update in the next couple of weeks, I'll update Stupid Hearts Club on Instagram with a few new songs. Um, uh, just sort of mention it because there's a couple of people on, in here who I talk to, talk to about music and who I plan to do music with. Oh, I actually got a gig. Um, oh, here's a thing. I have got a gig, right? Um, an acoustic gig at a place called Quo Vardis on Dean Street in... Uh, Soho Town in London um, and that is on the 27th of January and it's just like 20 or 25 minutes I think I'm on first probably I don't know like maybe there's slightly more high up people than me on for a start another person who is on is uh, James Walsh previously of Star Sailor who uh, I have been saying hello to and who is still putting music out, which is very sweet, actually, whether it be on Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever. He's playing that night, and I've never, I've not met him before. We, we, we ended up on the same lockdown Zoom quiz, weirdly, through a, a sort of film director bloke that I know. Uh, so it'd be, be, be good to catch up with him. So what I'm going to say is, I asked, I said, well, this is a bit weird. Like, I've got this gig, and saying... It's a private member's place, but I what I get out of it is I get six months free membership. Woo! At Quo Vardis, which is like a sort of fancy, sort of loungy bar, restaurant-y sort of thing um, on Dean Street uh, next to the Soho Theatre. Um, now, I asked the guy, like, can I bring any mates? Like, I don't know who will be bothered, to be honest. I've got, a, I've got a, definitely a handful of mates who might come. But he said, well, you can have like 10, 15 people. So what I would like to say is uh, on a first-come, first-serve basis, if anybody out there happens to be in London or fancies uh, 
coming along to that gig, um, you should inbox me. And if there are places and um, and it looks like it's a feasible thing, then I may well be able to put a handful of names on the door. I don't know where you all live. I believe people live in different places. But uh, it would be lovely to uh, have a couple of uh, supportive heads there. Uh, yeah, I believe I'm allowed 10, 15 people. So if anyone is interested in that, pop me a message and we'll see what we can do. No promises. Meanwhile, just to keep my hand in, I did the local acoustic night the other night um, in the pub next... Well, say so there's two pubs next to me. You've got... This ain't happening. The pub right next to me where the, the landlord can be friendly and also can sometimes say things like, This ain't happening. Or there's the bottom pub, which is... Uh, there's not that much difference between the two pubs, but the people who live here think of them as two completely different entities one's restaurant wankers and the other one is normal hard hard working hard drinking geezers sort of pub i don't like to get involved in the politics but um it is uh definitely definitely a proper down-to-earth little boozer and i love it in there and when they do open mic night um, you know, an open mic night in a lot of places is like people who've come from anywhere in the in, surrounding 15 miles who are obsessed with doing open mic coming along and doing their well-honed sets of homemade, slightly crap, depressing songs. And then there's like one person who's good, who's way better than everyone else and all that. Now, in this case, it's kind of like because this this place is su such a self-contained little supportive village of people it's like there's something absolutely gorgeous about it which is like the people getting up are the same people that get up every time who have been literally just starting to pick up like a guitar and trying to like learn a few chords and sing a couple of songs they like but it's it's so weird because basically it's like it's I'm I'm trying not to be rude about it it's not high standard but what? But something about it is much more charming than a sort of like wank fest acoustic night where everyone there thinks that they that they should be a signed artist. See, you'll get you'll get like I can't. Remember, I'm not going to name names, but there's a there's a geezer that runs it who just gets himself through a handful of Oasis songs and a bit of stereophonics and whatever. But the gear is all quite cheap and like the sound quality is not amazing. But Everyone there knows each other, and they're basically cheering each other on because they know that it's someone going, "Oh fuck, this is my new hobby. I'm really self-conscious and whatever." And it's just like, you know, there's something kind of magical about it. But the other thing is that not everyone who gets up, it, it, you know, will even have a guitar. So there's like, there's a there's a there's a really quiet guy who goes in the pub, who I actually always tend to go and have a little chat with him, even though he's a fairly quiet bloke and he's really really nice and he got up and he got out a piece of paper like with the lyrics of like hymns on them right or kind of like not necessarily hymns but the kind of songs that would get sung by a choir and his hand was bloody shaking and he was holding his little piece of paper and he kind of aled jonesed it i'm not gonna lie he aled jonesed it he did three songs with no music and the place was in bits. 
not laughing. I mean, like everyone cheered really supportively at the end of it. He even he sang Edelweiss from Sound of Music, right? Now, I was there all fucking full of myself because I've been practicing and, you know, I'm thinking of it as a little rehearsal and try try out a couple of the songs I've learnt. But you cannot top someone gulping, nervously getting up, singing Edelweiss off a piece of trembling white paper in terms of getting an audience on his side. He absolutely smashed it. It was amazing. And then there's an old chap, I think who might be called John, who, who's got like a sort of accordion music box and does like sea chanties, but he's like properly, let's say properly old, he's just like an older man. Now that is not like what anyone else is going to be doing, but the in a weird way, the variety of the evening is fantastic. Just people having a go. Yeah, so John gets up, does a couple of sea, sea chanties, bit of music box, and he gets down, and then uh, this lady gets up again who's... She's been getting up there for months, and it's like, I'm not going to lie, the first few times it was pretty hard to listen to because she wasn't able to play in time. But what's interesting is now she's playing in time. She's sing. She's she's the bit of her brain that can do rhythm guitar and singing has now kicked in, and she's able, she's able to run both streams at the same time, and she's sounding way better like a, a few a few weeks on from where from where she was so it's just adorable going back every time and seeing it develop um again i can't i'm not going to advertise it because i like to retain the mystery of my cute village um but yeah that's what's been happening on the stupid hearts club front oh yeah and talking of which um like i I got up, did three, I think, and then sat down again, and then we were in a bit of a rotation because not many people were even there. So I got up again and did three and whatever. And along the way, what I've been doing is that the songs that I've been adding to my set for Stupid Hearts Club um, that aren't originals, the ones where if I get booked for a restaurant or a pub or whatever and I just want to do cheesy love songs uh, in the background while people ignore me, I have been learning uh, stuff like, Elton John songs and uh, Lionel Richie and the Commodores and sort of the, basically songs that I've heard my mum loving over the years, you know, like basically mum pleasers. And I had my moment the other night where like a crowd of about eight middle-aged women came in and they all sat down and then I got up and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. And I thought, this is going to get the place rocking. And I sang... Um, a little bit more by Dr. Hook which is a song that my mum totally had on when I was growing up and as soon as it started I mean you couldn't move for waving arms and bingo wings and hair lacquer and there was fucking Prosecco being knocked all over the floor being hit in the face with big baggy pairs of knickers What a mum pleaser, what a tune. So I think I'm going to end this episode by trying to sing that song for you. I'm going to dig out my chord book and have another go at it. So, um, guys, just want to say thank you very much for listening again. I love you all. Within reason, let's have make sure there's some boundaries. But uh, I'm going to speak to Mark O'Sullivan this week. My friend, ex of Lee and Dean, uh, Channel 4 Comedy. He, we had him on a few weeks back. He's going to join me this week. And we're going to have a good old chat, especially because he's now written 
a drama for ITV2 and I want to pick his brains about what that's like because he, he mined his own life story for um, to write a TV show and that's something that I am planning to do this year by trying to get, uh, you know, basically just like sell my own life for coins. Anyway, here's a little tune, very much tongue-in-cheek, but also, where's the shame in a bit of mum-pleasing? Ooh, oh, that's horrible. No, I'm going to rephrase that. Here's one for the mums. And listen now um, for the pervy lyrics. Quite extraordinary. Dr. Hook with a little bit more. And I'm just going to dick about a bit. When your body's had enough of me And I'm laying flat out on the floor When you think I've loved you all I can Gonna love you a little bit more Come on over here Lay by my side Side shoulders <laughs> the way that I used to do. Look into my eyes and give me that smile, the one that always turns me on. Ooh. And let me take your hair down. That just sounds weird. Cause we're staying up to me. This is the perviest bit. And when your <laughs> when your body's had enough of me, and I'm laying flat out on the floor. See, I'm thinking at that point, call it a day. But no, if you think I've loved you, oh God, all I can, I'm gonna love you just a little bit more. To say a few things that have been on my mind, and you know where my mind has been. Oh, you know where my mind's been. <laughs> I guess I've learned my lesson, and now is the time to begin. So if you're feeling alright When you're ready for me You know I'm, I'm ready for you Ready for you We better get it on now Cause we've got a whole life To live through In one shag <laughs> What? Cause when your body's had enough of me And I'm laying flat out on the floor When you think I've loved you all I can I'm gonna... 
I'm gonna. What is it? Love. Oh, love. Love, love, love. Oh, I fucked it up now. I'll do that again. And when your body's had enough of me and I'm laying flat out on the floor. When you think I've loved you all I can, I'm gonna love you a little bit more. Okay, well, Dr. Hook there, who by the sound of it needs to think a little bit more about his partner's well-being rather than how many times he's able to jizz. And I can't think of a better way to end this episode than on that silky note. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I- I'm, I'm one. <laughs>